0: And now it's GEICO's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey, guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, Whoops. I'm going to leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is: in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges. Hey, Man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry, another few chops should do it. Yeah! Nope. Yeah! But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. Yeah! There we go. I was starting to doubt myself. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com local today. Okay, let's try this again. This is Jim, the Keys bartender, coming to you from Key Largo, episode 356. Yes, we're just rolling along. Boy, pretty soon it'll be uh, episode 400 and uh, 500. I still won't get my mail-order mattress commercial or my liquor commercial since I haven't Yeah, next, next week, or actually... This week, later on this week, is my one-year anniversary without having a drink. But uh, it, we're not talking about this today. We're talking about whatever I talk about, I guess, unless you call in because it's live. You, you don't have to call in; you can chat. You can ask a question if you want to get on chat um, on speaker. But uh, there are there is a huge winter storm heading out to the northeast right now. Uh, right here in the Keys, it's uh, about eighty, eighty-two degrees, and it's sunny. No, not much of a breeze. It's a beautiful day, beautiful day. And I hate to—I'm not rubbing it in your face because every time someone comes down here, uh, the visit, and they come to the bar and ask me where I'm originally from, they go, "Oh, I guess you don't miss the winters." Why? Are you? I didn't come down here for, leave for the winters. I came down here for a change of scenery and. You know, all, all sorts of things people come down for. But it wasn't, uh, wasn't because they go, fuck this snowstorm, fuck this uh, ice storm. And I've been through my share of them. I mean, as as many of you up in the Northeast and North Central and Canada and wherever you're from, we get people from Finland and Norway. What a bitch it is walking out to your car and having to clean off snow. Or I remember a couple times having to. You know, a, a sheet of snow, of um, a sheet of ice over the car, real thick, where you couldn't even open the, uh, you couldn't get your key in, you know, you couldn't free up your uh, windshield wipers. We had those in the about in the mid 90s. We had for one winter we had a shitload of ice storms, and 95 and 96 was the big ones, uh, in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, the winter of 95 96. But yeah, you're gonna get hit early. <coughs> there could be snow ground for Christmas if it doesn't heat up to sixty on Christmas Day. And you know what's really good for snowstorms and stuff like that when you're stuck inside? Listen to podcasts. And uh, I'll stop talking about the bad weather when you're neck of the woods. I mean unless that's, that's what you want to listen to while you're stuck in. I mean that I guess I you know what, people listen to my podcast when hurricanes and, and tropical storms. We did. I did a whole bunch of shows during Irma from where we evacuated. And uh, I guess people don't get tired of that. They just want to get some news. I guess they weren't, get, weren't getting a lot of news. So I did a show where I actually called in the Key Largo while the storm was going on. That was pretty good. I had that. Uh, but right now you're at the receiving end of it. So you have to find out things to do. And a lot of times you're spending it with your significant know, just like you did with COVID, right? You were locked down. I said this, uh, a snowstorm should be a breeze. You're locked in for a day and then you go out. It's not like you're going to be gathering in the, you know big, tight groups. With it. Well, you know, people have a tendency to do that with snowstorms. Uh, from where I'm from in Philadelphia, a lot of times, the neighborhood you're walking distance, you'd walk to your local bar and just hang out there well and you notice that uh, it's all sorts of things a bar restaurant business we we are keen observers of people's relationships just last night I uh, had a an acquaintance come in and he was waiting to pick up his daughter and he he was going to order some food and have a couple beers before he did that, and uh, he uh, he went and had a couple beers, uh, picked up his daughter, picked up the food, and then a little later uh, we had given him uh, the dish that the food was made in, so they didn't have to scrape it. It was a pot pie, chicken pot pie, and brought the, the plate back. And I said, "Wow." He the plate back, he came back the same night. I guess he, um, I'm, I'm thinking, in my head, I says, Oh, when someone leaves their house after they've eaten and after they had a couple of drinks and come back, usually it means two things. It's, uh, well, one, one thing is that they had a disagreement with someone. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I always imagine. And there's all sorts of things. I always remember you were seeing people talk and you think it's their first date or their last date or they're trying to date or they're trying to meet. Uh, Once there was this regular, he was somewhat regular, come in, have one drink. He'd sit at the bar wearing headphones. And we'd talk about his, whenever he didn't have his headphones, he'd talk about his ex. he asked me if he knew her, if if she came in here, blah, blah, blah. I shouldn't say X because I gave away the story. I didn't know. So I thought, Wow, this guy comes in and one of the few days I work in a day was Monday and he'd be there every Monday and I'm thinking, Wow, this guy must work in the business too or something because he's sitting in a bar and he'd sit there, talk about his girlfriend. Do you see her? Do you see her in here? You see her with a friend, see her with anybody else No. you know, and that that should've gave me everything I need to know. But I wasn't paying attention. The guy wasn't very interesting. But then he get his drink, go out back to our patio, sit, and almost every day of the year it's comfortable to sit on our patio because we are we are in the Keys, not rubbing in again, not rubbing in. I'm sorry to you people going through a winter storm. But he takes his drink, have it, look at his phone, looking at his phone, and all of a sudden he puts down his drink, jumps in his cru- Keys cruiser with his, you know, a, a, a automobile of questionable uh, repair status, and he takes off out of a parking lot. So later on, we see his picture. Uh, a week or so later, we see his uh, picture, and we see his face on the Monroe County police blotter. And we also see his story in the Free Press, the local Monroe County paper. And he was stalking someone. And it turns out he had someone he was in a relationship. I'm assuming it's a woman. But they didn't talk about it. They try not to talk to her. But it's funny, the information they don't want to give it to, they don't want to give it to everyone else. But the one, you know, the where she lives and her phone number and her picture and all that stuff is already ingrained to the person. You don't want to have it. And it was the guy that got arrested, who was under restraining order, and he had placed a tracking app on her phone. I found this after the fact, uh, like uh, AT and T family. Or something like that where it just covers your GPS and shows your GPS when you have a um, – if you're on the same account. So they had lived together and they'd done that. And this guy couldn't – I guess he couldn't let, let go, you know. And from the brief conversations I've had with him, I can see that he probably didn't have that many offers of other relationships. Though he wasn't a particularly – Unattractive guy. He just didn't have a great personality. Excuse me. Moment. <coughs> well, I re- I recognize this sentiment on both sides of you know not wanting to let something go and hoping someone would let let a relationship go. I understand that. I've been there. I've been the, uh dumpy. I don't like to say I've been a dumper, but because I'm, I guess I was passive aggressive. I would just stop calling. I would stop. I would start avoiding, and. uh, that was poor behavior. That was non-aggressive way to handle it. I just would stop calling them, and they'd ask you, "What's going on? Why aren't you talking to me? Why aren't we going out?" And you know, and the truth was, you, you, the fire has gone out. And I imagine that has happened for several girls. Me, and I've had that where the fire went out. And you know, usually early on. A couple times it was later. You know, they were tired. One trick pony. Maybe you could have been my drinking, could have been my smoking, could have been my philandering. I was really, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it was a, a joke in that movie, Four Weddings and a Funeral." They called Hugh Grant a serial monogamist, but I was more like the way he really was, which was I was I was I was a bit of a cheater. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't break it off. I would just go and start seeing you know, stinking around when I was dating someone. That's horrible. I was caught several times. And when you're in the wrong, you could try to defend, you know, build a artificial thing where you defend your behavior. And uh, I was cursed with self-awareness. So when I got caught, I realized I was caught and what I did. And I didn't say don't believe your eyes, don't do this, don't do that. It's just like one of these things, you know. Um, when you know you did, what, it, what is a, um, a an animal, a pet, sometimes when they do something they know is wrong, they just grovel and they put their head down and things like that. Uh, that was more me, you know. And uh, I've had, I've never really caught any of my girls. I found out. of them was maybe not provoked by my own infidelity. So I really, I'm not much of a one for pointing fingers at people when it comes to things like that. Luckily, I've gotten older and I decided, uh, uh, I could, you know, no longer you, if you're aware of your behavior, and I was aware of Towards the, especially towards the end prior prior to I guess my marriage, I stopped, which was a good thing for me right Jim yeah you, why would you get married and what were you intended to do? Well, I did that all in long-term relationships with girls I thought I was going to marry a couple There was at least two of them prior to my marriage that I thought I was going to marry <coughs> infidelity and that's was my mo my modus operandi i would you know it's a fire we go out i get interested in someone else and then i go do my shenanigans which uh and then you know sometimes in the short-term relationships when you're just dating around doing the friends with benefits thing, it's not as big a deal right because you're not really committed you're not in so a lot of times when it would uh, early on when I was younger, a couple of the relationships, I don't think I was screwing around that often so I would have a hard time letting it go. I would feel for a couple weeks Now, I may have called them, but I don't I, I didn't do the call late night call and hang up at least I don't remember which uh, that doesn't. I did do that. I apologize, but I don't remember. I may have wrote, written a note, but I, I really didn't do the thing where you go by their house and things like that. I thought that was poor, poor behavior. The you know, relationship's over. I didn't want to see it and stuff like that. And a couple times, you know, you you have this great, you thought it's a great relationship, and and then uh, it just fizzles out, and seen it on a couple times with me and where I would just stop calling and uh, one of them got really angry and started tracking me at work and she got so angry but we, we used to have contentious dates all the time she would end up going it wasn't a long-term relationship <coughs> she we I make a, a reservation a really exclusive restaurant in Philadelphia and I said I tell her, that we'd have to, I tell her a time that was a half hour earlier, because we had to drive downtown and figure give her a time to get ready. Well, we end up being forty five minutes later than that. She was, she was a total of an hour and fifteen minutes late, and we drive in there and I'm calling the restaurant uh, from her house, and I said, "Listen, uh, I'm not going to make it." And she got angry that I called the restaurant, and tell them we're late. And I said, "I think they're aware that we're leaving." First of all, we were leave, leaving her house, like which was 15, 16 miles north of the, where the restaurant was, 15 minutes after the reservation started. And then we'd have to park and do that. So we were going to be total 45 minutes late for the reservation. And she was angry that I was calling them. And she was angry because I misled her about the earlier time. I said, well, what's the matter? You're still 45 minutes late. So if I told you the time, then. Starting out an hour and fifteen minutes after the reservation, and then that was our last date. But she didn't think it was her last date. She thought we should have kept on going out, and that didn't really work out too well. She followed me to my work, and I had to do the old switcheroo with the car- uh, cars. I have a friend come from the parking garage, to drive in my car, and he was wearing a hat, and she followed him like a couple miles so I could get out of there. But that's what happens in relationships. Sometimes people, you know, they they don't handle the the rejection well at the end of it. And so there's series. I see a series of things here a lot of times when you talk to people. Um, the smallest one, and I think this is what's what happened with um, my marriage. And I'm not saying I'm exceptional or anything. It just turned out that way. It was a mutual decision. The smallest, uh, the smallest percentage. It was a mutual uh, decision. Usually, isn't derision. There isn't one particular thing that made you made it particularly enticing to break up. The, I really couldn't point to it other than a general um, a malaise or animosity starting to grow. When you used to, you know, you generally care for the person. You do care for the person. You can't do it. So you you, realize, you know, you're both unhappy. So that's the time to do it. And it really helps. I guess it helps when you don't have kids because you don't have to do that custody thing. We have to, oh, my God, I couldn't imagine what that would be like. Uh, Then we have uh, the large, larger show. You have the mutual derision where they just hate each other. Fight, fight, fight. That's mutual. That's that's a nice size of a, a small pie. But the other ones are wrong. The, uh, the other ones, since you have one wrong partner, something really bad happens, a cheating, something. I, I told you, <coughs> The uh, I worked as a catering manager. and One guy bought his girlfriend, bought a house prior to the wedding. And he was away on a trip. And he wanted to surprise her coming home early. Came home early. His bride to be was in their master bedroom with another guy. Needless to say, uh, they—they luckily she was not on the uh, mortgage for the house. She was not on the paper because that wedding did not take place. Which, as well, should no matter what you say, you know. Some people say relationship and stuff like that. But if you're about to get married and. Someone bought a house and you decide it's a good place to practice your infidelity would be in the master bedroom at the house that your future husband bought for you. Then you know what? I'm going to go on the board as, yes, the relationship is over. So, and that guy dropped it really good. I mean, I guess the best thing you do for someone if they do wrong you is just say, okay, I mistook what we had here and that's it. Sometimes when it's really bad, really evil, uh, and there just isn't time to do it. Now, sometimes there's so much involved in it with the kids and stuff like that, that people do work it out. But I mean, they, I, they're saints. They're saints. People are saints. I think it's great that they do it. But I always think that the wrong spouse, the wrong partner, is always going to be living with that under their Know, just under their hat, and they're always thinking about it. Whenever there's an argument, say "you motherfucker" or something like that. Whatever. Same, you know, a woman cheating on a man, a man cheating on a woman, doing uh, financial malfeasance where they spend all their money, you know, and, and drive them into financial ruin. Uh, that's the that's the wrong partner. Or out of the blue, out of the blue is a unique one. It could be. Yeah, you walked in on something. That was out of the blue. You didn't expect that. That was out of the blue. But out of the blue where the person, there is no signs. There's no signs of cheating. There's nothing. The person's just generally unhappy. And it happens in regular relationships, not much as weddings. Because weddings your marriages, you have to really think these things out, usually an act. But out of the blue in a, in a relationship, when you're talking, when you're talking one moment, and then all of a sudden you're not talking to somebody. That happens every so often when someone believes that. Oh, this relationship is just so bad for me, and out of the blue has to be the worst for those people. I, I, I don't think I've had too many out of the blue. Out of the blue only works when you believe that your relationship is strong, solid. You feel that your uh, partnership with that person is great for both of you, and you're you only add to that person's life and you feel that your partner loves you and they're they're really sincere about it and there's nothing that's going to stop you from being one of the greatest happy couples in there. I'm sure it happens gay, straight, whatever they say. And in some cases, the person that believes that stuff, the the blue, the dumpy, the person that's the victim, let's say, the person that happens to that didn't know that Broken up with, they may have lied, cheated, used the relationship only to enrich themselves—you know, enrich themselves with uh, their emotion, their family, their friends, and 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 just taking, taking, just taking, 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 never giving anything back. I may have done that, so. Uh, but finally, when it happens, the rejection is. Uh, a lot of times, they, people just don't accept it. They can't accept it. How to lose. It's just per- it, the perfect example, if you want to see it graphically, would be um, Bradley Cooper's character, Pat. was it? I forget his name. Pat, Patrick was his name, I think. Pat. And it was in a movie called Silver Linings Playbook. Robert De Niro. One day he's a part time teacher, a substitute teacher in high school, got, or a history teacher in high school. And he's married to another teacher. And he comes home one day and he has, you know, he has a little, supposedly he had issues before then, and he discovers his wife is having, uh, a, taking a shower with another male teacher. And when he finds out, it goes ballistic. And he practically curbs the guy on the side of the tub, knocking his teeth out and stuff like that. And he ends up going to a a hospital for some time. But when he comes out, uh, when he starts his recovery, he for one thing he doesn't uh, really get better at right away is that he believes his relationship with his wife, Nikki, yes, his wife, Nikki, was still just as strong. She wants him just as bad. He's been doing everything, lost weight, got in shape, has a positive outlook, you know, trying to read. She's an English teacher, so he's reading all the books on her syllabus while he's living with his family, who Robert De Niro plays his father. And he just, the, he's literally obsessed with his ex-wife. And he, he's, he's certain, he's certain of it that their the relationship is just as strong. So, a lot of times, and and if you check that out, there's a, a sincere denial by the person that was. They feel they were wronged or, or taken out of the blue. They can, can deny that their partner moved on. They'll try to interfere with your daily life, try to interfere with the relationship, try to mess with your partner's. Think of. Uh, that's name, Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction, you know. That's an, that's an extreme, 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 extreme. And sometimes people around you can enable you. You know, if you have people around you that say, well, yeah, you, you know, that person, that relationship you had was great. There was nothing wrong with it. You were not, you didn't do anything to hurt the relationship. You and support you and support you in your your fictional idea that the relationship is still existing, and and some of the people some of the people sincerely I'm sure some of the people that your friends think the same thing because they're tied to that relationship too, you know part of their friends I know some people here uh, there's in their swingers click. one time one of the women ran off in uh, their swingers click. Click. The group she always hung around with, I think they swung with, she just ran off with this young guy. She was in her fifties and she ends up running off with this he looked like a fitness trainer. And he had the waxed eyebrows that you know spray on tan, uh, buff body and stuff. They always wearing workout clothes. She wears work. And she looked good for her fifty. She had all the work done, all the cosmetic surgery and stuff like that. But fun- funny that fought fa- the father, the guy was about 15, 16 years now. um, he was so pissed off at the woman, and really pissed off at the guy, and saying that the guy had to, something to do with him, and he didn't look into it, that maybe the woman just lost sight of the relationship, because of their swinging lifestyle, you know what I mean, she wanted someone to just desire her, not someone to be with all the time, thinking about, you know, that's the one thing, I, I never really understand is swinging. swing, yeah, you can say you love your wife, but as soon as there's another couple and there's another woman, you think, well, I love you, but I'm really sexually attracted to her right now, and, uh, you know, so, but I, I love you with all my heart, <laughs> but that, that, so what happened in the swinging click, the everyone was pissed off at the guy, at the guy who was seeing the woman now, the young guy. So they were enabling the other guy to go on and say, hey, listen, maybe it was your relationship with her. Maybe you both weren't right for each other or whatever. Just say it's over. Mm-hmm. But uh, and and they, they they some people just do it to mollify the person. Say, Oh yeah, they shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't and they outwardly can't say the relationship's over. So you just gotta keep on pretending that the, the relationship because they don't wanna set the person off. It goes, Oh, well, how's Sally? Sally's all right, great, 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 great. Oh yeah you see for Christmas or something like that. Yeah, we'll see. You know, they got to pretend the whole uh, fairy tale is right. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a scary movie victim. Oh no, a tree fell on my car, and there's only one thing to do, trip over my own feet and pull myself across the lawn while yelling, help, at a barely audible volume. (laughs) Uh, sorry to interrupt, but you filed a claim with Geico, so you've got a designated claims team to help you. This Geico sounds suspiciously reassuring. Are you sure I don't end up getting surprised with an unexpected twist? Just that your Geico team will always be there to keep you updated. (laughs) What is it? Oh, nothing. I just didn't see that coming. Geico, great service without all the drama. You know? And even when there's after all this time, there could be some time going on where, you know, you saw the you had the beginning of the relationship, you got the breakup that occurred. The person still doesn't understand. And then they try to do all these things. That there was a seminal event. It could be like moving in together. Could be a marriage. Could be a child, a birth, you know, buying a house together, uh, getting engaged, whatever it is, and you think that person would let go. Well, they got to fucking let go now. Let go, the relationship's over. They're they have they have moved on. You you're the only person that didn't move on, and then they'll try all sorts of things, like stop showing up on your door, violence, well, violence, you know, violence in a relationship. That's not going to get. That's not going to rekindle unless that was part of your relationship, the violence. But if they broke up with you, they probably got tired of the violence unless you got less violent and they wanted more violence, which is very unusual. I don't think that did happen. So, you know, they'll try almost anything. They'll try to um, sabotage your new relationship. Talk about your new partner. They'll try to gain the trust. Friendship and alliances the people around them. They'll, they'll try to get. The, I mean, they'll even mess around with someone's place of work. So it's crazy, you know. You know, there's all sorts of things. So you have the the seminal event. You know, they're they're dating. You're happy. They moved in together. They had um, a kid, a marriage, an engagement party, and you're not ready. Or let's say. A formal electoral college result, and they still don't accept it. Yeah, I threw that in because there's a lot to do with that. They just won't, you know, acceptance. Relationship's over. Okay. Don't, you know, learning how to accept it and move on has helped me move on and build relationships. If I didn't, if I didn't, all the all the relationships I had previously would have just left me soured. I wouldn't have been able to form a new relationship. you got to be able to form a new relationship when you can. A lot of things happen. There's, you know, some people, not everyone, you know, some people get sick. Sometimes they die. Sometimes they move on. Sometimes they grow. And sometimes you don't grow in the same way. Sometimes they fall in love with other people. and fall in lo- love with you. And that's just part of the thing. But there's always someone else. There's every trash can for a lid. Every trash can has a lid. You ever hear that one? Yeah. If you look hard, especially nowadays with this um, cyber dating and stuff like that, you can find somebody. I can. I, I mean, I can even under the most extreme circumstances, you can find it. Just watch 90 Day Fiance." You watch some, you know, heavy lady from Arkansas, uh, white lady from Arkansas, in her late. Find herself a twenty-two-year-old Nigerian man, you know, to marry her, and she wants him to be faithful and get rid of all the pictures of the hot young women on his phone. Yeah, you know, you'll you'll see that shit. You know, you hope springs eternal, but with the internet and the world wide web, you can go and find anything you need. So, uh, on another note, we're talking about people coming in to work. I've heard a story that. Someone, someone tried to come in and I guess muddy the waters at my place of work, saying they don't really like me. And they used to come in early in the morning after they worked. They open up their place early, and uh, they work down the road. And they come in and get their drink. And for some reason, I don't think I think I told the person that he sounded like uh, I may have. He may have been offended, but he sa- always sounded like one of those nineteen forties. Gangsters. Hey, see here, see here. Hey, buddy, give me a, give me a rum and coke, you know, and stuff like that. So, I said, you got an old timey voice. I, s- I told him, I said, you always sound like you're, a, you know, about to divvy up the loot. So this guy comes in with his wife, and he starts trying to recruit other people at the bar, and. Speaking up, and it's funny because the way they set the atmosphere—the person that was telling me what was, what was happening—the way they set the atmosphere—it's like people were sitting there, and I was kind of like one of those dictators. And there was someone in the, you know, they were in a barn, and someone says, "Oh well, fuck, fuck Vladimir Putin!" They're in the middle of Moscow, and blah blah blah. He's an asshole, blah blah. And like I'm you know, you, you don't want to do that stuff because, you know, Vladimir Putin can poison you and stuff like that, or, you know, you don't want to get on the bad side of Vladimir Putin. Well, um, I'm hoping they wouldn't sign with the guy because they like me, not because I'm, I'm not going to poison him, I'm not going to dislike him. I mean, I still serve the guy. I know the kind of guy that got, I know the guy he came in uh, this past weekend, he came in with his wife and he, oh no, it was a day I'm not supposedly working, I was filling in for someone he came in and sat at the bar with me, and I asked him, oh, yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. And, blah, 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 blah. and I knew he kind of didn't like me, but, you know, I t- still try to give it to the old college try and say hello to his wife and all that stuff, made them their drinks, saved the table for them, didn't let their table get taken. They go out and they smoke for like 45 minutes and then they come back in and then they left. And it turned out, I found out later that they were, yeah, they were just talking shit about me, you know, a week before. And I'm like, oh, man. You think you kinda win someone over but you know you gotta win him over and uh, I yeah, he said that and then he found out the guy was fired from his job. And I felt kind of felt bad for the guy, you know. Uh, years ago when I was in high school and college, I would be devastated. I would be devastated if someone didn't like me. I was a people pleaser. I was aware I didn't become aware I was a And then I started realizing and said, well, not everyone's going to like you. Some people are going to really not like you. And that's none of my business because I can't control it. I could have actually bothered them. I could have done something. It could have been some uh, deep-seated memory of something I did and they took it to heart. And it could be legitimate, but they, they never really approached me about it. Or it could be t- totally imaginary." Or it could be one of those things like I look like someone that they don't like or act like someone they don't like or they feel bad talking to me about it. And that's okay. That's really okay. I mean, I, it's funny when I say it. Uh, the only reason I bring it up because I wanted to talk about it as a topic because maybe some people suffered from that too. Like one person, like you could uh, – really, I try not – Try not to judge people, but it's not like one of the per he's not, and it's going to sound because I am humor based, but he's not one of my five people I try to portray, you know, take on any of their traits. You know, you always say to five people, five closest advisors around you are the people that uh, display character traits that you have. You know what I'm saying? That your closest friends. Are the people around you? So that I always said uh, the people around you, and that's the things you value. So if you have people around, if one of your um, friends, let's say, the your closest friend in the world, they're trustworthy, helpful, and empathetic, and and the other people are similar with you know being thoughtful, hardworking, uh, funny are traits you admire. And if you admire traits like that, a lot of times you will try to mirror those. It's kind of like faking it until you make it. So you surround it. It's not uh, my friend Jimmy Mack in Philadelphia from McGeehan's. Jimmy Jimmy Mack. He always says, it's, it's, it's not who you are, it's a company. You keep. And it really rings true all the time, it's it's the company around you. You're if if you're uh, just sitting around and you know sitting around with a bunch of thieving crackheads, and I'm not suggesting all crackheads are thieving, and you know they are sick too, but it's going to be hard to be an honorable person or mirror mirror their behavior unless you're out there trying to help them. I understand that but you start s- surrounding yourself with the the wrong people see how quick before you start deciding what your behavior is bad if you have a lot of if you're around people that are violent your level of violence may not sound like you being striking out at someone or lashing out at someone may not seem that unusual cuz the bar is so high or that thing I said about in previous episodes about you get the real person died in wall asshole, and you know who they are if you if you're familiar with people. I'm not talking about the facile exterior. exteriors. So I'm talking about really in depth. They come in. They're always stirring the shit pot. Uh, they're they really are narcissistic. Then a lot of times, their people they hang around with are. And difficult people have a tendency of being by themselves when they go outside, when they go in to travel, go to dinner, things like that. Unless there's people, obviously you have the wealthy uncle who's a horrible person, but the family stays nearby because they think, oh, well, maybe we'll get something from this guy, you know? You know, some people, wealthy people, keep them. It's, it's like celebrities with their uh, little, you know, little groups they travel around with. What do they call those things, man? But fuck that. You know, I mean, the generally nice people I know, down here and almost anywhere, when you see them with people, a lot of times that they say, if someone says to me, they're my closest friend. They're good friends. I, I Love this person, blah, blah, blah. and and I believe that person's a good person. I assume that friend is a good person too. And there's some shady people that you know they don't ever say that. And they, and don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about people with problems. You have a drinking problem, you have a drug problem, you have a run-in with the law. It doesn't make you a horrible person. It makes you a person with some problems. So a horrible person is someone that. Actively chooses to do the wrong thing when presented with a choice. They're selfish, narcissistic, uncaring about other people. And uh, I didn't mean to call that person and said shit about me. But if you went into someone's place of work and you knew they had a wife and kid, and you thought maybe I can muddy the waters, maybe I could get them, you know. If they agreed. Maybe they would first fire the person. I'll fuck them. They'll get another job. You know, that's their livelihood. I mean, I, I, uh, I'll tell you a quick story. With that, uh, you've heard if you've been listening to the last couple episodes, you know about my travails with the uh, travails, travails, the hardships with the uh, getting the surgery. And it looks like I'm a little less than two weeks before I just got my medical clearance exam. I'm just waiting for the test today. maybe 11 dates. So many dates for surgery, I'm starting to lose count because it went out, came in, and this and that. And I mean, I had to tell my boss 10 different dates. Oh, this is when it's scheduled for. This is when it's scheduled. It moved all around. It started in in early July, and then here it goes on to here. Um, A couple of them was done by scheduling screw-ups by certain people. And they may have taken it to heart and instead of they may be projecting their frustration on me uh, when I got, I uh, had a problem, but I would never call up the person that was screwing up and try to get, I don't know their situation. I don't know if they have something to raising children or something like that. I don't know if they're good or bad. I know in this instance, it wasn't a great job, but I don't would never want them fired. I wouldn't just say, I would say I didn't get contacted. I didn't say I didn't get contacted by you or something like that. There was communication problems. But I can't imagine. I had horrible people I worked with. I worked with horrible people. I've been in places where they behaved, employees behave badly. And I, I never tried to get them fired. I wished some people were gone, but I never tried to get them fired. So I thought, when you... You, you got to really choose your battle. I haven't done that yet. And if you try to get someone fired, you' you're, there's going to be a special place in hell for you if you're not, you know, if you're just doing that willy-nilly. I'm going to get you have your job. It's shit like that. Especially this time of year. So I did mention this. That I had medical clearance. I had to go to the doctor's office. to go to this place called Urgent Care in Key Largo. And I thought the office opened at 9. It actually opened at 8. I should have been. I got there at 9 and then called up to see if they needed to check my temperature outside. Uh, I went and had a battery test done and I was out the door in 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Now it was funny. When I go up to the mainland and I go to something like that, people say, you got to get this done two weeks before, Blah blah blah. we need this then and get the clearance and stuff like that because they're just used to people taking down here at least where I go. I have everything done. I need of probably by the end of business day today. That's less than four hours. Less than four hours, it's all ready to go. And that is less than uh, 45 minutes or 40, 40 to 45 minutes. Is I've had a lot of times i go gone for a haircut where i spent a lot more time in the barbershop or salon than that. So, I've waited for food to come at a restaurant Longer than it took for me to get the blood test, EKG, blood pressure, x-ray. I I've, I've waited longer for food. And that, uh, I mean, I, I'm not complaining. I'm saying, holy crap, and they were so nice. And I was explaining to them, they go, it's only going to take a moment. This is going to take some, this EKG is only saying, listen, everything you do here, I've never had to wait more than an hour. I'm amazed. And they did it in 45 minutes this time. I'm like, holy crap. They're like breaking records. And I'm not saying, they they we've done this test before because, like I said, I had 10 different dates. But I had to go and get a new blood test and all that stuff because it's been such a long time. But there are good things. There are good things. And I, you know what? It's Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. The New Year's coming out. We just had the Pfizer vaccines start to be given out in the United States. Now there's a whole bunch of people that still don't want to get it but luckily they're not going to be offered it for a while and then it's going to take a while for people to see other people getting it and that's probably going to get, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we can get 75 maybe 80% of the people in the United States to do it. Um, and then you know, certain people that aren't going to do it, they're always going to be they're going to harden their hearts to it. But That's on them. They say once they get up to seventy something with the vaccine, it'll be like the herd immunity thing. It's the RNA, RNA delivery system method vaccine. We got the Pfizer and then the Moderna. So you got two parts. You're gonna get the first uh, vaccine, the shot as like a, a, a primer, and then three weeks later you get the second shot to seal it, sealing the juices, and then. Two to three weeks later, you're immune to it. Uh, the Moderna is a little longer; I think it's four weeks from the time you get your first shot, so it would be an extra extra week. But supposedly, there's a Johnson and Johnson visine that's not going it, to; it's going to be in a shampoo. The baby fam will make your eyes to- no; it'll just be a single shot. I'm kidding about the shampoo. But every time I hear about Johnson, I always think of Johnson and Johnson baby shampoo. And how would they hurt? You? Why would Johnson and Johnson hurt you? Yeah, well, they probably did plenty of tests on people before that. Then, but I mean, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm going to do my part to try to get people get their vaccine. I'm not paid for it. Maybe, maybe that would be a good thing. But I don't know if any of you guys uh, trust me enough. If you're gonna, if you're the kind of person not to get a vaccine, I don't think anything I say. Will make you get a vaccine. I know when it becomes available to me. Because of my position. As a bartender. I don't think my part time position. At the hospital. As a spin instructor. Gives me. I think I'm right behind. The uh, the guy that trims the. Uh, bushes out front. You know. That will be like. I'm in phase. I'm in phase 10Z. But I, I am over 50, so I'll probably be in that first. So I don't know if the hospital association was going to help me, move me up a phase earlier or not. I guess if I have to go in a hospital, it's going to get me into maybe this, I don't know. I don't want to speculate because now it's at a point, if you're willing to get the, the, the vaccine, it's like, give me the vaccine, I'll be the first one. I'll just, g- give me, you know, just I, there was a CNN reporter that got the uh, uh, trial vaccine for one of these uh, places. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but that's neither here nor there right now. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, we've had a nice big uptick in shows. I'm looking forward to this holiday season. It's funny. I'm going to finish up with that. The doctor came in to see me with the medical clearance. He goes, hey, look forward to this uh, operation. And I can say originally when I first got diagnosed I was like no but now it's like yeah fuck yeah I'm looking forward to cut me open right now if you want to. You know? I know he's a friend. I because like I can sincerely say when you say you look hey and he see me smile I said, I wanna get this they just turned uh, my frown upside down. When I'm going to the hospital it's funny. Before the, the night before the first Time I got really close to the operation and they canceled when the doctor had a medical emergency for himself. I was the night I was a little nervous, and then I was really angst ridden after they canceled it. And I'm thinking, fuck, I'm gonna, you know, another month I gotta wait, or two weeks, or three weeks, and then it turned out to be uh, three months. So, uh, I can sincerely say. That that reluctance is gone. Actually, I'm as light as I The closer I get to the operation, the better. And you got to remember, there is a the possibility of facial paralysis. And me to lose, uh, I'm, I'm going to lose some sense of touch, I guess. Uh, if I get shot in the lower earlobe on the right side of my head, I'll never feel it. So I can get, tor- if I ever get tortured, I'll just tell people and go, like, you get to choose which part to get lopped off. And I'll just get my lower right earlobe. You can slice that off. Make sure you coterize that. I don't want to get a lot of blood on this shirt. I just bought it, but um, yeah, I, I, that that may ser- most certainly will go. There's a possibility of having facial paralysis, so that might change. I mean, you probably hear me talk differently. I'm trying to talk like Bill Murray in Caddyshack, and I'm jinxing myself. I understand that, but right now it's like just cut me open, take it out. I am done getting close to that that's all you have to do if you really want if you're afraid of having surgery have them try to conduct you know, set like 10 11 dates for it get close to it cancel it go in for another test do that get tested for it again have three different doctors tell you exactly what happened exactly what could happen if you don't have it done and exact what the drawbacks of having a surgery are and then in the end you fuck yeah cut me open why wouldn't you right well this is why we do the Keys Bartender Show, so I get just speak my mind. I am so sorry if I took all your time up. Uh, if you're up in the Northeast, stay warm. Share the podcast with a friend. Please leave a review if you like us, okay? Leave it on iTunes, on Spreaker, on Spotify. Share us. Uh, and if you know of anybody... You know, that uh, once a sponsor, you know, they'd like to show them. You want me to sponsor your product, I'm willing to do it. You can throw some cash my way. I'll, I'll try your product, anything you have, and, and uh, I'll talk about it. Yeah, whatever it is. I can do, um, uh, you know, Baltron's face massager. Did you have paralysis on one side of your face from a lymphectomy on your parotid gland? Try ball trans face massager. It'll bring your nerves back to life. See? I can just do it. And I just made that up. That was my own copy. I could have invented that. So uh, I guess I'll do another show. Papa Joe wasn't here with us today. We're just wishing him well. And I'll try to get him in on Thursday. I'll talk to you later. Thank you very much. Here's some music for you. Uh, I guess maybe we'll be signing out sometime. Wait, let's, let's use this. I'm going to use the fanfare for the comic man. This is for... Uh, I'm going to piss off if you're Trump supporter, I'm sorry. But this is for the Biden electoral victory.